0: For the beginning of the second half of this season, we had originally planned on making a series of episodes about the return to live music, my personal return to touring, and what that kind of looked like as we navigated um, doing shows after an 18-month hiatus, or how many ever months, it kind of all blurs together. And then life happened to me personally. (laughs) Yeah, as
1: it is want to do.
0: It just <laughs> loves to happen to me. Yeah. And everyone also, not just me.
1: So instead of doing exactly that, we're doing something similar, but also different. Tangential, if you will. I will. And I have. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm so glad. Exactly. I'm so glad you will.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is our personal choice as we continue to learn all of the time or relearn. I think <laughs>
1: As we continue to (laughs) tell the people constantly. Well, and
0: ourselves. The theme, part of the theme here, I think, is that we are uh, having to relearn things all the time. And Mm -hmm. particularly in this momentary instance, it's, this is our show and we can do whatever it is that we want with it, which is the benefit of making it entirely yourself. And Mm -hmm. so all of this to say, even though this isn't the series of episodes that we had half promised at the end of the last episode uh we hope that you still find it entertaining and um enlightening maybe helpful in some way and that you uh just still listen and enjoy the episodes as we hopefully will you know i do have fun relaying my personal despair i love to have
1: fun personally
0: at my personal despair
1: (laughs) (laughs) specifically at your personal despair it brings me great joy
0: yeah that's the podcast (laughs) So enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Lauren. Through years of playing together in our band, Coping Skills, our collaborations have often focused more on bits and banter than on actual music.
1: So we created a space for our superfluous antics to thrive alongside music commentary, interviews, and more. This This is is More Talk, Talk, Less Rock.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Lauren.
1: You're about to go on tour.
0: Yes. Indeed. In approximately 12 hours. Yeah, T minus 12 hours. (laughs) Maybe 13. T minus 13 hours on the dot. How do you feel? I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) We had rehearsals the last three days and then packed the trailer up today and I am sweaty and sleepy.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It's good preparation
0: for the next two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this being on tour is a lot of being sweaty and sleepy.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about you being about to go on tour. In our last episode, you'd kind of joked a little bit about your jobs and how you're not accepting any Jobs that don't have the word manager
0: in them. Yeah, it's one of those jokes that's like half not a joke. It's like I mean it, but also haha.
1: Ha. No, but it's true. Look at me and all of my management titles. Right, right, right. But you have you have managed to do that. Only have jobs with it with the word manager in them. Yeah, I'm just
0: collecting them like trading cards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what are the, what are the the jobs that you have now? What are all your titles?
0: Yeah. Well, currently I am a tour manager. Well let's back up. I have been a tour manager and merch seller for Mannequin Pussy among a few other bands, but that has been my like tried and true since 2016. Uh, I've been merch management and selling for Japanese Breakfast. I now artist manage Mannequin Pussy. And on the run that I'm about to start, I will be, you know, the title of the role was kind of changing because the role was still being figured out. But it was, you know, some people called it production management. Some people called it assistant tour manager. Either way, still a management title. So I'm, you know, I'm on board. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's good. So everything, regardless of what you're doing, you yes. still have it. <laughs> I'm still
0: Mr. Manager. <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: Yeah. Some of those you have been doing for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like the tour and the, the merch managing and stuff that you've done before. But artist manager is new.
0: Yeah. As what a- is that about? My favorite thing yeah. about working for Mannequin Pussy, <laughs> yeah, is that I will put something I'm interested in doing on social media, and Marissa will respond with a one-word response, and it will just change everything for the time to come. Yeah. <laughs> so, when I was interested in learning to tour manage five years ago, I made a Facebook status, um, and I had been on tour merch selling before, but I was, you know, I wanted to do more, and had made a Facebook status that was like. Who's going to let me door-manage them? And Marissa responded, yes. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and we talked about it. And I That's didn't.
1: not really an answer to that question. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is at the but same time.
0: <laughs> and so, um, uh, and for those who listen to the show who somehow don't know who Mannequin Pussy is, they are the best band. And um, we interviewed Confirmed. Marissa for episode 2.8 of the show. But Marissa had said, Yes. And I said, what? And then we talked about it, and I did my first tour managing gig for a five-week self-booked, like, they booked the tour run, which was around the release of their second album, Romantic, and kind of just learned the job on the road. I sort of had an idea of what to do, but that's a, the kind right. of thing that you can't be taught. You just do. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I worked with them ever since, and then – Back in February of this year, I had gone through yet another process of trying to get hired for a quote-unquote real job (laughs) and was disillusioned with the process even though I was offered the job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's a theme.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but based on what you told me about this specific job, it seemed like the process was a bit of a fuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just say That it. is a technical term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I was frustrated and posted on Twitter, who's going to let me run their Bandcamp store? And Marissa commented, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm seeing the theme here. Yeah. <laughs> so we have yes and we have oh. Yeah. I can't.
0: I'm afraid of the day where she says no. <laughs> um, but we spoke about it and that turned into. Me taking over their entire web store, moving it from Bandcamp to Shopify and coming on board as um, co-artist manager to their other manager who'd been working with them for a little while and still is, Tim Zahotsky. And so now I'm doing that, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I really like it. The the difference for those who are listening who don't know, uh, a tour manager is a person who is on the road often on the road with the band and you contact all of the venues that are on the run and you give them all of the band's information, like a stage plot, a rider, and say, this is what our run of show is going to be. Here's what we need from you. And the venue says, well, we can't do this, that, and the other, but like here's what we can give to you. It's all negotiation. Yeah. It's often about booking hotel rooms for the band. It's sometimes about making sure that they get up on time so that you can leave on time to go to a place. A lot of logistics. A lot of logistics. It's money management. It's settling at the end of the night to make sure the band gets not only paid, but paid properly. It's a lot of, you know... I hate to say it, it's a lot of managing. That's That's what it is. I mean,
1: appropriately named, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Where an artist manager kind of works on the more overall picture um, of, you know, the future and present of the band. So as an artist manager so far, I have, you know, I've done all this web store work Mm -hmm. um, and through running the web store, you know, I also do all of the shipping for it and inventory and everything else. For more artist management stuff, it's making sure they get paid for everything they do. It's doing a lot of talking with the booking agents who route the tours and saying, well, this plan makes sense. This plan doesn't make sense. We want to do this. It's it's really just like being a point person so that the bands don't have to take in all of this information and handle it themselves and make all of the decisions themselves. Um So it's similar in a lot of ways, but it's just a much more macro view, whereas tours are kind of isolated incidents.
1: It's like life managing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sure is. It's
1: off-tour managing. (laughs) Exactly. Off-tour. Off-tour managing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you were doing a lot of like merch managing before that. So Mm -hmm. was there some like skills that you had for, you know, working on tour that you were able to take and apply to doing artist management? When not on tour, definitely. I mean,
0: being on the road gives me a pretty good perspective as to what a band does and doesn't want to do when they're being presented with routing. You know, I can look at this and be like, "That's not enough time to get there." Yeah. (laughs) Or there's seven shows in a row. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stuff like that, and you know, you learn how to, you learn how to be flexible. Being on tour in any capacity is a lot about. Being flexible and making it work with a unit—you know, everybody has their own needs, wants, thoughts, feels, desires. Right, and you can't have them all. <laughs> so, no, you never uh, can. So there is a lot of just people skills that go into that, and um, because I've worked with mannequin pussy for so long, I have, I think, a pretty good understanding of how to communicate effectively and kind of get the job done and get the things done and help them get the things done and and work toward the future that they want
1: so at the risk of being cliche but i feel like i have to say it how are you managing (laughs) with your managerial roles how are you managing as a manager managing i heard you like managing so it's a managing you're managing
0: you can manage while you manage the repetitive thought in my head at all times is somehow I manage. Like <laughs> that's just it. Um, yeah.
1: Are you managing while you manage?
0: I'm. I'm managing. I now that we're about to go back on the road, which is my happy place. Mm-hmm. Well, getting ready for tour has been a little tougher this go around. Japanese Breakfast, who I have worked for also from a merch management perspective since 2017, and Mannequin Pussy are going on tour together. And that has put me in a position of making some decisions. I started working with Japanese Breakfast in 2017 when Mannequin Pussy and Japanese Breakfast were on tour together for the first time. And what had happened was... (laughs) I can see myself lying on the couch at Little Italy (laughs) just like getting a text and for those Little (laughs) Italy
1: being um, a a house that the name of a house that we both lived in together. Yes,
0: I can see myself on that striped couch um, getting a text from Marissa asking if I would be willing to sell Japanese breakfasts merch while also tour managing and selling merch for Mannequin Pussy, and taking on these three roles for five weeks. Right. And I said, sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) And then I I did that for five weeks, and um, Japanese Breakfast was very happy with me and decided to keep hiring me. And somehow for four years, I was able to – well, I guess three years, as in the last year, we haven't had tours at all. It (laughs) doesn't count. I was able to work with both bands without really crossover worries. And, you know, there was – a couple tours that Manic and Pussy did without me because I had other stuff going on, but I, I was able to keep them separate. But now that they're together again, mm-hmm. there's this whole like weird circle of time feeling that I'm experiencing of look what I'm doing now versus look what we were doing then. And kind of looking at how these roles have shifted and and just feeling like, oh my God. <laughs>
1: It is a little bit like a, you know, time is a flat circle, everything will always come back around. But at the same time, it's like,
0: you know, back then I had a choice and the choice was to work for Mannequin Pussy or to work for both of them. And now the choice is to, from from a road perspective, the choice is to work for Japanese breakfast or to work for Mannequin Pussy. And... Um, I chose to be on tour with Japanese Breakfast and to kind of see to see through like the growth that they're experiencing with them and um, continue moving up in my in my current role with them, uh, which was which was a hard decision to make.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I guess it it's kind of hard because you you did kind of have that long gap of. Not really doing anything. I wouldn't None say of us that. Really doing anything. <laughs> well, okay. As far as touring goes, there was not a lot of touring going on. Mm-hmm. And now you're kind of jumping right back into it, but being more with Japanese Breakfast and working with that band than I think you have ever before.
0: It was kind of presented to me for this tour also since it's the first bus tour and, you know, the band's getting bigger, the live show's getting bigger, they're a six piece now. They have lights now, whereas they've just had a front of house sound engineer before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, it was presented to me like, would I be interested in taking on more responsibilities? And you know, as I said, kind of at the top of the episode, the th- that role itself was a little in flux, and and still kind of is. We're going to be sort of figuring it out as we go, starting tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. throughout these past few rehearsal days. But I will be sort of like their tour manager, Devin's second in charge. Mm-hmm. So if he's not available, if he's, because he also plays bass in the band, if he's sound checking or performing, I, the venue person can come to me and I can answer their question or help them with whatever needed while also still selling all of the merch. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a busy line. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I wanted to take that opportunity to explore that. And it's just going to be surreal. Being on tour with Mannequin Pussy and not being their tour manager, but I'm still working towards supporting them and making sure that you know they get to be the biggest band that they want to be. But it has also been hard for me to relinquish responsibilities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, are are you technically doing anything for Mannequin Pussy on this tour? So I
0: advanced all the shows for them with Japanese Breakfast. Um, I had given. Their tour manager Devin all of Mannequin Pussy's documents and said, "Here's what we need." Like, and I'm on copy and all the emails in case there's any specific MP questions. I ordered all of their merch, got it all sent to my house, <laughs> separated into them into the three different pickups that they need. Yeah, <laughs> two different pickups, and have been kind of communicating with the merch person that they're bringing and getting that person up to speed. And it's just, you know, I'm having this moment of. What responsibilities should I be taking on? What responsibilities do I need to be taking on? What responsibilities am I casting upon myself that somebody else could be doing because I want it done my way or I'm worried it's not mm-hmm. going to get done or I'm going to get frustrated if it's done late or half or just not my way. Right, <laughs> and, right, right. Um, and now because of my artist management role, like I care about how the information is documented and, and and because that helps me do better for them later, so it, it's just like right. snake eating its own tail situation. Yeah, because it's kind
1: of weird uh, to be like, okay, I am, I have some responsibility for this band mannequin pussy mm-hmm. when they're not on tour. And now, while on tour with Japanese Breakfast, I have some responsibility for Japanese Breakfast. But also, Mannequin and Pussy is here, so I have to, like, do, like... Yeah, Like, well, it does...
0: I like, do see how it would be, like... And the history is there. It's not that yeah. I was just artists managing them, and now we're going to be on tour together, and it's like, I'm here. It's like, I used to be the person who took care of all of these things. And so there is that... Um, that like ingrained responsibility for it, even though it's technically not my job right now. <laughs>
1: do they have a separate tour manager who's coming on this tour with them? No. Okay.
0: They have someone who they're bringing to do merch. Um, we will see what happens. Yeah. Because I, you know, much like me, I wonder if this, if the person they've hired is going to rise to the occasion of things you have not asked <laughs> to be done to make sure they are done. Mm
1: to feel like historically that is a thing that you've had to do that's the thing i've toward. chosen to do yeah <laughs> you know
0: nobody has to do that people choose it and then yeah. you know sometimes like me they grow resentful
1: of having made the choice but you still made the choice that is true yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think that's true of a lot of different things it's mm-hmm. like if you at a certain point if you feel like you want to have control over everything you can't it, it's hard to not feel resentful and be like well why do i have to do everything it's like well it does suck when you have to do everything, but there is a certain thing of, like, well, I did kind of, like, want to have a hand in all of these things.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there are... I got to have at least one experience this year of tour managing them for old time's sake. <laughs> um, they played a Twitch stream at Brooklyn Steel Oh yeah. last week, two weeks ago. And, you know, I... We all met up at the practice base and loaded the van and got to go and just have the whole first show in four hundred and eighty-four days experience.
1: Yeah, like a a one day tour experience, and that was kind of your. I mean, this tour is like your your quote unquote first time back on tour. Mm-hmm. But that show was kind of like a like a little like a little taste, like a little toe in the water practice mode, <laughs> practice mode. Yeah, yeah. And How was that experience of just doing that one day?
0: It was really cool um there was a lot of it that just felt like no time had passed there was a moment when I got to the practice base like 15 minutes late with one of the members and uh looked at them and we were the first ones there and I was like classic <laughs> classic band behavior <laughs> um and just like you know everything just felt so natural and much like this is what I want to be doing is being on the road, being part of this experience. And um, while I will miss being in the van with them, for sure, I do think I am at a point where I'm ready to keep doing these bus tours and getting more and more responsibility. And um, also having more time that's mine, because when you do a van tour, you don't have as much time that's yours on a bus. The bus often drives in the night. And you show up in the city before you even have to load in and you have time mm. to, to go around and to be and to explore. And I, having done bus tours in the past, I, I kind of am comfortable there. Like, I like that time. And I may need it if my other quarantine project pans out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... In which, in which four months to lockdown, I go, what if I get my law degree now? <laughs> Ugh.
1: And this is where I put it.
0: Sponsored ad.
1: If I had one. Sorry, lost the happy. But the happy's back. Let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> the joke that keeps on giving.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I remember when You know, nobody was going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I think I want to try applying to law school and seeing about that. Mm -hmm. And you did apply and you got in. Well, hold back it up.
0: (laughs) What had happened was. Right, right. (laughs) Back in May or June of 2020, friends of ours were having problems in their apartment where it was still locked down. And they lived in a Philly row home where the third unit, the third floor unit and the second floor unit were separate apartments that shared a stairwell to the front door. And their landlord decided at this point in time to turn the second floor apartment into an Airbnb, sharing a stairwell with our friends on the third floor apartment. And my response as a friend was to look up Title Fourteen of the Philadelphia Code and see if it was illegal <laughs> and send threat and you know, think about the kind of letters that I would send, yeah, and that kind of was like led to a thought of, well, you know, I thought I would go to law school and I was like, forty. What if we just try to apply now, See what happens? And I found online programs, and was like, well, maybe I could do this and still be on tour when touring comes back, and that could be possible. And I said, maybe I'll take a practice LSAT and see what that, how that goes. This is a slippery slope. <laughs> you know, and I took that practice LSAT without any sort of looking at what the test is like, and I did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Elle Woods on her first try. Well, this
1: is, this is my thing, is, like, when you were talking to me about taking the LSAT, I realized that, like, literally my only reference for what the LSAT is. Like, I understand it's like the test that you take to get into law school. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't actually really understand like what kinds of things they ask you. Yeah. And like what constitutes a good score. And the only reference I have for that is Legally Blonde. Yeah. And on the first one that they show you of,
0: of her doing a test and her friend handing it back to her, she got a 143. Mm-hmm. And I got a 158. And the max score is 180. <laughs> right. So when she
1: says, I want to get you needed, you needed at least a 175. Right. She okay. said, I want to get a 175.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not that she wanted to. It was that she was told she needed to get at least a 175 to get in. In order to get into Harvard. Yeah. I don't know how Warner pulled that one off. <laughs> but um, I, and so, you know, I signed up to take the LSATs and I was studying pretty regularly on this website. And then two months, two weeks before, well, A, I planned to take the LSAT a week after I got my wisdom teeth out. That was the whole thing. (laughs) B, (laughs) I um, stopped studying two weeks before I took it.
1: That's fine. You just let it marinate in there. Yeah. I I
0: still got a 168.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which seems great to me. It was. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, You know, not an Elwood score, but still, I didn't try hard at the finish line. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll apply to two schools. And I applied to University of New Hampshire, who has a hybrid online program specializing in intellectual property. And I applied to Syracuse, which is hilarious, (laughs) because that's where I went my first semester of college and promptly took a leave of absence to never return. Time is a flat circle. (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, we'll just see, you know. And then two days later, University of New Hampshire called, and we're like, we loved your personal essay. (laughs) I want to use it as an example personal essay of what the kinds that people should write. Whoa! And I was like, but I just—what'd you write about? I told a story about tour. Oh, like mannequin pussy and I were on tour, and we were at a venue, and I noticed, looking at the deal memo, that we were so, we were paying out of the contract to have loaders and a sound engineer, and nobody helped us load the gear in except for maybe the sound engineer, and I don't even remember if he helped. And I was like, that's bullshit. We should not be paying for this. Mm-hmm. It, it was the size show where you don't even settle with the person who makes the contract. You settle with, like, a security guy. Right. And this is no offense to security guys, but they purposefully don't have the power to change the deal. Yeah, that should not be their job. <laughs> and so I said something to him about it, and then I emailed the promoter and um, who told me that the sound engineer counted as both loaders and... Sound engineer, and I said, I know this man is not being paid 300 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) So, because I had said something about this up top, one of the managers of the venue, who got copied in on a thread, realized that the deal was shit and gave us a sellout bonus. Mm. Because part of the problem with the deal was that we weren't really making any more money if we sold one ticket or all of them. And so, what's the point of trying for anybody? And so I just used that story of being like, you know, this is what I'm interested in doing. This is what I'm interested in being better at. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go to law school, (laughs) see what it's like. And that was one of the factors that has gone into choosing to do the tours of Japanese breakfast and be on the bus and maybe have that time versus continuing um, tour managing mannequin pussy right now with the closer law school gets the more ambivalent i seem to become
1: right because you're supposed to start on september
0: august 18th august 18th and tour ends august 11th <laughs> so yeah I, I think for the past few months other people have been more excited about it for me than i have been for me interesting And it's something that I've kind of brushed off until
1: now when it's getting so real. (laughs) Right. Well, I guess it is hard to – or I guess you weren't really sure when tour was going to happen. So it was like, well, I guess I might as well put work into this because you don't know when you're going to be able to go on tour again. Mm -hmm. But now things are happening.
0: They certainly are.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All at once. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So – How are you feeling about it now? Because you you had said that you you think other people are more excited about it than you are. Do you still feel any excitement about it or not really? Much like
0: lots of things, I would feel more, I feel more excited about possibly having the degree than I do about getting the degree. (laughs) Right. School has not been my favorite. There's a song about it. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole idea of getting the thing would be to enhance the career I already have. It's not about making a life change and doing just that. It would be about helping this. And this kind of... wow. as we're talking about this, I'm having flashbacks to being 23 and working at bars and coffee shops to pay the bills, and then not having time and energy to do the thing that I wanted to be doing. And I worry that going back to school is going to become the same kind of thing, where taking the time and energy to get the degree is going to prevent me from having time to do the things that it's supposed to be benefiting anyway. Right. Because um, I don't, I don't need to go to law school to get hired. I have the jobs I want.
1: (laughs) Right. I am already working. It would be different if you're like, I would like to be a lawyer, please. Yes. But. And like, I would. But in
0: addition to not in place of being a tour manager and an artist manager and a merch manager and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I, I remember even when I was applying to school, my mom would tell people that I was going to school. And I would be like, don't tell them that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking about it. Right. And, you know, sure, I am 28 years old. But we are all still easily influenced by what other people want for us and what, you know, societally seems best. Um, but I am also on track to have... Perhaps one of the more stable years that I've had in live entertainment. Provided that um, everything doesn't get shut down again, which is another real fear and is influencing this decision. Because if I decided not to go and then all of my tours got canceled, that would have been a big fucking waste of time (laughs) to not go. Um,
1: You're kind of at a point where you kind of have to put all of your eggs into one basket
0: which I've never been good at (laughs) seriously it's tough I I fear doing that I fear going all in on any one thing which is why I've always had a ton of jobs which is why I've never taken the the nine to five 40 hour a week gig because I'm afraid of losing out on the opportunities of other things that I might want
1: I think that is like a millennial thing or like a younger generation thing Mm -hmm. because I feel the exact same way of like I tried having a job that I work 40 hours a week at and go in on certain days at the exact same time and I really didn't like it yeah (laughs) and I much prefer having you know a bunch of different things that are flexible that will add up to you know the amount of time to need to, that I need to work or the amount of money that I need to make, but still leaving time open to do other things or pursue other projects. And like, I don't understand how people used to like get a job when they were 18 and be in it for 45 years and then retire. And like, that's just their life.
0: It's my nightmare. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's my nightmare. like I don't
1: understand anyone can do that. And also like, you know, at this point in the world, in society, there's also no guarantee of like, being able to hold a job for that long due to like outside circumstances or like have a a retirement or you know like those things are not guarantees anymore so what is the point of putting all of your time and energy into one job to have those things that you may not even get to have you might as well just like do the things you want to do while you can do them totally this body's
0: not going to be able to tour forever yeah you know no one's is yeah um but I just feel like I need to do the things that I'm confident in and, you know, that I'm excited about doing now. Um, a month and a half ago, I went to Boston to visit our our good pal, Amy Hoffman, the mm-hmm. Amy Hoffman, the Amy Hoffman, who was episode 3.4 of the show. And um, my roommate, Andrew, had uh, previously for my birthday bought me a tarot reading, um, for a place up in Salem. And because I was so close by going to Boston, Amy and I spent the day in Salem and I got a reading and, um, I was listening that the woman who gave the reading encourages people to record them if they want to, so they can listen to them later. And I was listening to mine again this morning and, uh, heard some solid bits of advice that I think I needed to hear again.
2: All right, so hopes, hopes and fears, hopes and concerns. Yes, there's that hope for that new path, um, like to start your education, it's a new journey, it's funny. But there's also that hope to continue that creativity, that passion, okay? Your outcome, I don't go past six months because it can change too quickly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's that strong new beginning. And there's that energy of movement, that physical movement, like moving away, okay? Moving away and walking away from the life you have right now. But it's intuitively, intuitively knowing that you're doing doing the right thing, making the right decisions. Also, now, the Lover's card is not just a relationship. It's one of those major cards. It's making that life-significant decision. There we go again with the law, with those decisions. It's making those decisions, okay? And it's, again, it's a strong decision. It's intuitively knowing it's a strong decision. Okay? Actually, doubly so, now that I'm seeing that. Because you have the Ace of Swords. Mm-hmm. let
1: has
2: to do with that. Again, it's a strong new beginning. Okay?
1: So how do you feel listening back to that now? I wish she told me what decision to make. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which she couldn't. You know, that's not how it works. But right. then she had asked me if there were any questions that I did have.
2: I know, no pressure.
0: Yeah, not so much a yes or no, but my I think my biggest concern of late is, you know, how much energy I should be putting in toward my endeavors for other people in my work and how much I'm giving up of my own desire for my personal endeavors. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and i I'm not sure how to... Like, like, should I be sacrificing, I guess the yes or no is, should I be sacrificing as much as I am of my own personal endeavors in pursuit of what I'm currently pursuing? Okay.
2: No. It's saying no. Okay. You could try to make the question a little bit more specific. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Try and make it a little bit more specific. Um, I, I guess more specifically, like, instead of should I
0: be, am I sacrificing too much of my energy on my work that I do for other people?
2: Gotcha. Yes, you are sacrificing too much of your energy.
0: Whom'st among us. (laughs) Whom'st among us. And so listening to this, you know, six weeks removed, is about figuring out what those things are that I'm doing too much of for other people and whether that means, you know, My work on the road or my management work or law school because, you know, if you think back to that anecdote, my revitalization of interest in law wasn't about me. It was about protecting other people. Right. And so is that the pursuit that I should give up to do my own things? I don't know yet.
1: Well, I think it, it is, you do just kind of have to think about what, you know, it is kind of a stupid question, but like, what do you want? Like, what, what do you want to do? When have I ever known? I, it's impossible to know. But, you know, I think it could, like, doing work for other people could be what you want to do. It, it could just be a matter of in what capacity.
0: I do want to do work for other people, but I also want to do my work. And so long, for a long time, my endeavors for other people has come at the expense of, you know, my personal work. And uh, I have, over the course of the past 15 months, not in a regimented sense, but found more time to make things that I want to make, and I want to be able to keep doing that, and something will have to give in order for it to be that and I just haven't decided what that's going to be yet but it seems like it might be school <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: gotta stay on brand
1: <laughs> yeah gotta drop out before you start <laughs> yeah. well
0: only 750 in debt this time <laughs> Actually closer to a grand. The L South cost money.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, from my perspective, if you want my opinion. When have I not wanted your opinion? Yeah, I guess it is more often I don't want to give you my opinion than it is you don't want it. Anyway.
0: <laughs> I realize that a grimace doesn't make a sound. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's the face. Yes, you did make a face at me. Um, just not at you, just around you. (laughs) Yeah. At the situation. (laughs) You know, I think it is kind of important to keep in mind that law school isn't going anywhere. And you did say before that, you know, you were like, Well, I thought that maybe I would go to law school when I was like forty and I wasn't touring anymore and I wanted to do something else. Um, but then the pandemic kind of made you think, well, maybe I could do this now. Um And I think there is room to go back to that original plan of like, this doesn't necessarily have to be a thing that you give up on entirely. It can be a thing that you give up on right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The funny
0: thing about this episode is that it's going to air after I've had to decide. (laughs) And so I'm thinking about, you know, when people get to listen to it, um, being able to. So I'm thinking about when people are able to listen to it, just like. What will be different, and yeah. you're gonna have to stay tuned to find out. Like <laughs> <Segway>. what? <laughs>
1: Some people think that we're the same. Call us by each other's name. So it's time to play a game called Tag Yourself. Welcome to the Tag Yourself portion of the evening.
0: Uh, (laughs) they said enthusiastically (laughs) well I am excited because we have yet another listener suggestion from the
1: previously aforementioned Andrew my roommate thank you Andrew Rachel's roommate (laughs) for so many things (laughs) just point blank patron saint of this podcast
0: Uh, yes the Thompsons are really doing it for us they're really (laughs) (laughs) and Andrew has said hello friends I have two for you today. We're not going to tell you the other two right now, but... Or the other one. I'm the other one. Yes, thank you. But I want to do the email justice. Okay. First, because we love a callback and love even more a deep cut callback, Donnie or Marie Osmond, specifically, quote, a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Insert YouTube link, which has some surprise jingoism at the end. <laughs> Parenthetical. But was not really a surprise? And up to this point, I have been so busy with rehearsal yeah. that I have not listened to the song.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Even though it has been widely quoted throughout the world, et cetera, have not done it.
1: Yeah, well, I got to be honest with you. I have also, I did listen to this song once um, before coming in to record this episode, but I had not heard it before that. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you just hear the reference, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. And it whatever. just feels
0: in- intuitive. Like right. you don't need to know more.
1: Right. I gotta tell you, I'm thrilled to get to experience your first hearing in real time. Um, Cause I was surprised by some things. Yeah? And we'll, uh, well, why don't we just get into it? Let's let it roll. Yeah. It's <laughs> a pretty good riff.
0: I like the walk down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that. He sounds like Bowling for Soup.
1: <gasps> I literally. What did I tell you before we had recorded? You <laughs> warned me for pop punk. You did not warn me for Bowling for Soup. Okay, what well, what I said was Donny Osmond has pop and punk a voice.
2: Country, and, I'm a bit
1: and really, for me, it's the like I'm a little bit. <laughs> I'm just in shock, I need I need a second. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What year did this come out? You can really tell. It hasn't aged very well. It just- I don't
0: know what year it
1: came out, um...
0: Let's- let's find out. Okay, this is trying to tell me 2008, which is just wrong. Can you imagine? No. The late 70s is what I'm saying. Okay. He's not convincing as a rock and roller.
1: No. Well, that's kind of part of it, right? Is that like, are you a little bit rock and roll, Donny Osmond? Like, you just sounded way more pop than anything. Also, this is just like kind of a wild premise for a song in general. Say more. Like, imagine if we did a song like this, and we were just like the entire thing was just like I'm a little bit this, and I'm a little bit that. Yeah, it's called the
0: Tiger Selfie Song.
1: Well, yeah, but like for a whole song, like 15 seconds is the perfect song length. Also, I feel like if you're going to do that, you should I don't know, make it like a little bit more than just like, what is being a little bit country or a little bit rock and roll even really mean, yeah, you know? Uh, it, it, it doesn't. It just simply doesn't. Okay, so thoughts? Um, it's not a great song. oh did you mean thoughts on the tag yourself yeah yeah yeah, that's that's why we're here (laughs) oh um well I'm gonna make the argument that neither of us are a little bit country but Mm. I think if I had to pick I would say that I'm a little bit country and you're a little bit rock and roll
0: yeah you would never use that vocal inflection I'll just have to take it (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah I mean I'm okay so I have pulled up the lyrics to this song that's what I did and I (laughs) because I feel like um okay first of all so this doesn't help no well I just want to point out a couple of things that really stood out to me Mm. um first uh little stanza verse thing Marie Osmond goes, I'm a little bit of Memphis and Nashville, you know, like country. Mm-hmm. And then Donnie goes, with a little bit of Motown in my soul. Now, I don't know that I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't
0: really make a good argument of you that. You are a no. white
1: man, sir. Yeah. Um. And I just like, with that voice, like, I don't I know don't that hear I any Motown in that soul. Yeah. Also, moving down a little bit, he's a little bit gentle, He's a little bit running wild. Sure. Dichotomy. Yeah. I um, have both of those things. Yeah. Um, she's a little bit of full-grown woman. She's a little bit of child. Now, why did that have to be a part of it?
0: <laughs> there is no good answer to that question, and I'm not even going to try. Why are we always doing this to women? <laughs> but I will say, you both hold 19 and 29 very well. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know. I want to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a joke about how people mistake you as a child.
1: Oh, they do. Yeah. Yes. That is a thing that has happened um, repeatedly in my life very recently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There was a time last year when I was 28 years old when someone did tell me to my face that they thought that I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a thing that that happened. Yeah. Um, so, like, I I get it, but, like... Did that need to be part of the song? And also, like, why does, like, Donnie get to be, like, gentle and running wild? And then, like, Marie, it's all about, like, oh, you're a grown woman and also a child. Like, you it doesn't really say anything about our personality. You're just, like, stating facts.
0: Not even really facts. Yeah,
1: again, like, why do we have to do this to women? We don't. Like, why does being a little bit child... We're all a little bit child.
0: Even adults. We're
1: all a little bit child. And... (laughs) <laughs> One line I do like um, I don't know if I'm happy or sad But my music makes me whole That's kind of nice That's the band um, Yeah I guess
0: <laughs> This is an impossible task
1: Yeah I just um, I really When it comes down to it I just like can't really get past the whole premise of the song Okay I think that's
0: as good a place of any To end the bit <laughs> Yeah, And just Accept our fate. I'm a little bit country. And I'm a little bit rock and roll. Great. If you have any more torturous suggestions for a segment (laughs) of Tag Yourself, please email them to us
1: at moretalklessrock at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More Talk, Less Rock. We record, produce, edit, and release it ourselves, and we hope you have fun listening to it. If you do enjoy the show, please give
0: us a kind rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to it. You can also follow us on social media at More Talk Less Rock on Instagram or at MTLR Podcast on Twitter. And you can send us an email at MoreTalkLessRock at gmail.com with any tag yourself suggestions or just to say, the show is good. I like it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and only that. You can't say anything else. Mm-mm. Word for word. I want that to be the email. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And I'm Rachel. And, and we're, we're just happy, happy to, to be here. here.
1: But All
2: right. First sure. show back. <gasps> we're we're to get
1: back. back but just keep playing. Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> cat.